Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva paper towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. We're live on iHeartRadio, available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, of course, the big news yesterday was that Fulton County District Attorney Paul Howard has indicted... Uh, without going to a grand jury, the two officers involved in the fatal shooting of Rashid Brooks, the uh, the officer that fired uh, the shots that killed Brooks, Garrett Rolfe, has been charged with 11 counts, including murder, felony murder, assault with a deadly weapon, and uh, a host of other just junk charges that Howard piled on. And could, in fact, face the death penalty. The other officer involved has been charged with a bunch of just bogus junk charges in order to put pressure on him to testify against Rolf. The other officer's name is Devin Bronson. And uh, Howard said at yesterday's news conference that, in fact, Bronson was going to be a state's witness against Rolf. Bronson's attorney promptly denied that allegation we're going to have to wait and see uh, whether or not that happens. There's really very little Bronson could testify to against Rolf. It's all on video. And uh, it is just a, a stunner that this district attorney, Paul Howard, who is known for years and been criticized for turning violent felons back out onto Atlanta streets as fast as the APD could arrest them is now charging a police officer for felony murder for the crime of returning fire on a fleeing felon. It's disgraceful. It's disgusting. And it is politically motivated. Howard himself is under investigation for embezzling $140,000 from a so-called charity and uh, uh, directing it for his own use and is accused of uh, sexual harassment there in his own office. And maybe the biggest stunner in all of this is how Howard conducted his press conference yesterday. It was an exercise in 
theatrics that bore almost no actual relevance to the incidents that happened in that Wendy's parking lot. He had, he started out by claiming that Brooks posed no threat to the officers. We've concluded at the time Mr. Brooks was shot that he did not pose an immediate threat of death or serious physical injury to the officer or officers. Uh, what this photograph illustrates is the point that Officer uh, Roth uh, at this point was firing a taser. He's, he's playing a, or he's showing a, a still photograph, a blown up still photograph of Brooks turning and firing that taser. It sails uh, just a little over uh, Rolf's head. But those uh, those taser guns actually have two shots in them, and Rolf had no way of knowing whether or not you know that was the only shot uh, left in the taser gun, or if there was another, or for that matter, in the heat of the moment, we we can't even be sure that Rolf knew that it was a taser gun and not a a weapon. When Brooks fires the taser gun, Rolf immediately drops his own taser. Uh, takes out his firearm and on the way to seeking cover uh, fires the uh, the three shots two of which hit Brooks and this is a classic second guessing of a police officer on the job the the time between when Rolf had to make the decision about whether Brooks uh, rec- uh, represented a lethal or a threat of uh, death or serious bodily harm to himself or others was probably about one second. So this scofflaw DA, Paul Howard, isn't even willing to give the officer in this case the benefit of the doubt the one second. And of course he's doing this is because he is uh, involved in a re-election campaign the GBI, which investigates officer-involved shootings in the state of Georgia, hadn't even conducted their investigation or, or their report yet. And yet Paul, Paul Howard, in his, his uh, zeal to hurry up and issue uh, these indictments, bypassing a grand jury, by the way, who would not likely have indicted even this ham sandwich, Rushed these charges forward without even getting their police report. The mayor of Atlanta, of course, Keisha Lance Bottoms, fired the officers immediately without bothering, or fired Rolf immediately without bothering for the, the results of that investigation either. It is a total travesty of justice. I'm going to go back to this clip and see what else Paul Howard has to say. Uh, and this is Mr. Brooks, who was firing a taser as well. But I don't know if you can see it clearly. The prongs from the table, the uh, taser, were actually fired above Officer Roth's head. Uh, oh, well, he missed Officer Roth. So I guess he poses no threat. And what we've done. Uh, this is the part of the clip that's really interesting. After saying that Roth, that uh, Brooks posed no threat to Roth, We've uh, we've got clips from just two weeks ago, on June second, where Rolf 
uh, I mean, uh, where DA Paul Howard brought charges against Atlanta police officers for just pointing a taser. Because in Georgia law, says DA Howard, a taser is considered a deadly weapon. And what we've done is suggest in a shorthand method, describe the charges against those officers. Uh, Lonnie Hood, who's charged with uh, aggravated assault of Messiah Young for the use of the taser. Uh, the aggravated assault of um, uh, Tenaya Pilgrim, also for the use of the taser. And also a simple battery for pulling Ms. Pilgrim out of the car onto the paved street. Uh, the second officer is Willie Sauls and charged with aggravated assault of uh, Ms. Pilgrim. And this is for pointing a taser at Mrs. Uh, Pilgrim. And so just two weeks ago, this very same DA indicted the police officer for assault for just pointing a taser. But now, just two weeks later, he claims that that Brooks posed no threat to the police officer when he fired a taser at him and, and may have had another round. It's really unbelievable. Here is Howard uh, actually saying that very same thing. Pilgrim, and, uh, as many of you all know, under Georgia law, a taser is considered as a deadly weapon under Georgia law. Let's hear that again, Paul Howard. Under Georgia law, a taser is considered as a deadly weapon under Georgia law. This is unbelievable. So according to Paul Howard, you can fight with the police. You can take their deadly weapon. You can run. You can fire that deadly weapon at them. And if the police officer returns fire, then you're guilty of felony murder and subject to the death penalty. So... Here he is uh, in the news conference uh, saying that Roth is subject to the death penalty. Seven charges against Officer Roth. Uh, the first charge is felony murder. This is a uh, the death that is as a result of a underlying felony, and in this case, the underlying felony is aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And the possible sentences for a felony murder conviction would be life life without parole, or the death penalty. The death penalty. He is going to subject this officer to the death penalty for defending himself. And the rest of these charges are really amazing. They, they accuse Rolf and, um, and Bronson, the two officers involved, of failing to give prompt medical aid to Brooks. After the shooting, uh, the officers obviously very upset and uh, agitated uh, were around Brooks, making sure the scene was safe, disarming him. He was still alive. And they, uh, there was a two-minute gap between the time that Brooks was shot and the time that the officers began to render aid while they were being cursed at and yelled at by other people at the Wendy's. So that two-minute delay is included in these 11 charges that Howard has brought against the police officers. It's not that they didn't give aid. It's just, they didn't do it fast enough. And he claims at one point that Rolf kicked 
Brooks while he lay on the ground. If you review the video, you will not see that happen. You will see him step over Brooks and uh, sort of trip. But you don't see it on the videotape at all, him kicking. And then he says that uh, Officer uh, Rolf and Bronson stood on the uh, Brooks while he was down. Say that he stood on them. A review of the videotape will see that uh, will show that uh, at one point, um, Bronson puts his foot on his shoulder, but he in no way stands on him. He's making sure that uh, the guy's down and he is not going to uh, try to reclaim that weapon and use it. It's just horrific how he described those officers' actions in that scene in that, uh, that press conference. He also brought a charge against them for not, um, telling Brooks that he was under arrest. Well, he didn't have a chance to tell Brooks he was under arrest. As soon as the officer started to place Brooks under the arrest and within two or three seconds, Brooks started fighting and assaulting the officers. What he's done here, Paul Howard, in his his own, and he's he's caught on his own words, is charged an Atlanta police officer with felony murder, subject to the death penalty for defending himself. And Monday morning quarterbacking the actions of an officer whose life was in jeopardy, even if you don't believe that the taser was a deadly weapon, it will certainly incapacitate you. And this, uh, this fleeing felon with a a rap sheet, as long as your arm had already, uh, assaulted the police officers. So if he hits Rolf with this taser, Rolf becomes incapacitated and his gun becomes available to the felon. Cops have, Thousands and thousands of interactions with criminals over the course of a 25 or 30 year career. And they cannot afford to err on the side of the criminal. If they do, they will never make it to the end of the career. They will never make it back home to their families. So even if you believe that officer Roth should not have shot him, He had a split second to react to a violent suspect. And now Paul Howard is charging him with murder. He didn't take it to a grand jury, of course, because a grand jury would have never indicted this cop. And as a result of this, a lot of uh, police officers in Atlanta decided that it's untenable to try to do their jobs. And they stood down last night. We'll talk more about that when we get back right after this message.
You hear the headlines. You know health insurance is a real mess right now. Premiums have skyrocketed, and in most cases, you're stuck with your plan until open enrollment. But there's a government rule that allows you to qualify for lower health insurance rates if your life has changed. That means if you've changed jobs, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, even if you run a small business or you're self-employed, this law may qualify you to get lower health insurance rates. Call the the health insurance hotline today. Learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates. This is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates. So call right now to learn more. 800-605-1679. 800-605-1679-800-605-1679. That's 800-605-1679. Pay for by Go Health. Mojo. Well, one thing's for damn sure. There is no way that Officer Derek Rolfe can get a fair trial in Fulton County, Georgia. Uh, they, they're going to have to change the venue after this uh, clown of a press conference yesterday that, uh, that Paul Howard hosted. And after the officers involved were condemned by the mayor of Atlanta and fired immediately, they're going to have to relocate the trial. And I think it's then where this district attorney is going to, uh, it's going to be exposed for the fool that he has made of himself. There's no way that you're going to get a unanimous jury verdict against this cop, but his life is going to be ruined. He's going to be financially devastated. He's never going to be able to work in law enforcement again. And uh, the stress that's going to be put on him over the next probably year and a half or two years is going to be just absolutely debilitating for himself and his family. There's been a, uh, a fund, legal defense fund, set up for Roth by an organization called the Georgia Law Enforcement Organization. You can find them at georgialeo.org. That's georgialeo.org. They were mentioned uh, in a Atlanta Journal-Constitution report uh, that they had raised so far $200,000. So there was, what, uh, uh, 12 or $20 million raised for the rioters and looters in Minneapolis. And so far, only $200,000 uh, raised to defend a police officer who was trying to protect the public. That address again is Georgia L E O dot O R G. They were mentioned in a, uh, an AJC report. So I assume that the reporter did his due diligence and made sure that the organization was on the up and up Georgia L E O dot com. I got a clip here. This is Heather McDonald appearing on Tucker Carlson's show last night talking about the total and complete collapse of leadership in this country when it comes to law enforcement. We're living through a civilization-crushing failure of our elites, Tucker. This is an, an, an absolutely terrifying moment. Across the board, America's elites, whether it's in political class, media, 
education have embraced a patently false narrative about systemic police bias. That narrative is easily disprovable by looking at the most basic facts about policing and crime. But by embracing that false narrative, they are undercutting the legitimacy of law enforcement, of our criminal justice system, and in so doing, they're putting thousands more lives at risk. They're putting black lives at risk who will be taken now through unchecked criminal behavior, gang banging, drive-by shootings when officers back off of proactive policing. We saw this in 2015, 2016. An additional 2,000 blacks were murdered thanks to cops backing off from the, what I call the Ferguson effect. But we're also putting officers' lives at risk because by so undermining the legitimacy of law enforcement, you're going to increase the type of resistance to arrest that we just saw in Atlanta because people hate the cops even more. You're in fact seeing that across the country. Uh, more and more people are uh, disrespecting the cops, assaulting the cops, resisting arrest, acting totally out of control. It's not very complicated. You won't get shot as long as you cooperate with the authorities. If you've got a complaint, well, I'll, I'll let you listen to the rest of Heather McDonald. That is going to result in officers themselves escalating their use of force, possibly to lethal levels, and we're going to enter a vicious cycle uh, where both suspects and officers' lives are at risk. Instead, if the elites cared about black lives, if they cared about all lives, they would be sending an unequivocal message, don't resist arrest. Follow an officer's lawful commands. If you have a disagreement with those commands, you take it up after the fact. And now the violence that we've seen in the last couple of weeks, thanks to the another failure of our elites to enforce law and order during the wholesale, wanton, brutal and sadistic destruction of property and livelihoods is going to repeat itself because there has been absolutely no deterrent message sent. No deterrent message. Not only are the elected officials, the Democrat elected officials and many Republican elected officials for that matter, not standing behind the police and defending them. They have, in fact, switched sides, and now they are firmly in the camp of the criminals. There's no doubt in anybody's mind who has spent any time in law enforcement and understands what went on in that Wendy's parking lot that Officer Rolfe was uh, clearly within his rights. Any citizen would be to use deadly force against Brooks, who was firing on him with a taser. And, you know, there's uh, there's this narrative that's being cultured in the media that this was somehow unjust. And you see a lot of people who are no longer willing to give a benefit of the doubt to a police officer who is uh, being assaulted and, and fired at. And the police see this. And last night, uh, a lot of police decided that in Atlanta decided that it, it's just untenable to try to do their job. If they, if they confront a criminal suspect, that criminal might kill them. And if they defend themselves from the criminal, then the mayor of the city and the district attorney in Fulton County will throw them to the wolves. And last night, if you monitored scanner traffic, you could see that they didn't have enough officers on duty. They couldn't even respond to the vast majority of calls. The Atlanta police 
public affairs officer ran out and tried to downplay it, said that uh, people weren't actually off walking off the job, although they did have uh, reduced staffing, but uh, assured everybody that uh, the city was going to be able to enforce the law. What he didn't tell you is they were having to uh, call on surrounding jurisdictions to co- try to come in and help. The only people that agreed to come in and help was the the uh, state patrol. The rest of these municipalities realize that they have made law enforcement impossible in the city of Atlanta. Here was Keisha Lance Bottoms appearing on CNN last night. But it's it's just my hope again that our officers will remember the commitment that they made when when they held up their hand and, and they were sworn in as police officers. Oh, you hope the officers will remember their commitment to the city as you betray your commitment to the officers. And Paul Howard betrays his commitment to the officers. But it's it's just my hope again that our officers will remember the commitment that they made when when they held up their hand and, and they were sworn in as police officers. That's her hope. She's not going to do anything to support the police. Public safety in Atlanta is a hard and dangerous job in the best of times. And if you don't have support from the leadership or the district attorney, it is impossible. They have put these police officers in an impossible situation. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the leftist lunacy parade right after these messages. I'm right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Stick with us. Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods, like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Calling Joe Biden, calling Joe Biden. Where's Joe Biden? Joe Biden is back in his basement. It's been over 75 days since Joe Biden has held a press conference. <laughs> President of the United States faces the reporters on a regular basis both in formal events and, you know, when he stops and has these impromptu press conferences on the way out of the White House. Joe Biden hasn't faced them in over almost, well, over three months, almost four months. Doesn't come out, doesn't answer questions. Media seem perfectly fine with that because 
they're of course mostly leftists and they figure as long as he stays in his basement how much damage can he do he can do a lot actually because he's he's having these zoom or skype calls where he he steps in it uh each and every time but i want to talk about this vice presidential pick uh, that is uh starting to uh, become more and more problematic for <laughs> not quite there joe what what was the the new nickname they've put on him, uh, nearly there, Joe, not quite there. Joe That's <laughs> perfect. Sleepy Joe just doesn't quite get it done because he's, he's not only sleepy and low energy, but he's also confused. What, what is that new name? Uh, barely there, Joe, barely there, Joe. So Biden's got his VP pick, uh, down to six women. Uh, the majority of them, I think four are, uh, are African-American women, women of color. He's got one uh, American Indian in there, of course, Liz Warren, and one uh, Hispanic woman who is uh, uh, the mayor of New Mexico. She's as white as she can be, but uh, she's got a Hispanic surname, so that uh, you know that does, does the trick for the identity-conscious Dems. But uh, this, uh, this incident in Atlanta has... Uh, well, first of all, Stacey Abrams didn't even make the the list. Now, Joe didn't announce this, but his staff did, you know, the six women that are still being considered. Stacey Abrams, after actually having lobbied for the job and threatening Joe Biden that if, you know, he didn't pick her, that it was going to be racist. She didn't even make the list. But Keisha Lance Bottoms made the list. And Keisha Lance Bottoms uh, has now burnished her uh anti-police bona fides with her actions against uh, these two officers who were just doing their jobs. So, you know, I think that one's out. Joe Biden has come out that he's not for defunding the cops. He actually hasn't made any strong statement in support of police either, other than uh, posting an essay that was written for him on Medium, an online blog where he basically said, oh, you know, it would probably be better. It might be a little bit better if we didn't burn things down and loot businesses. Uh, you know, I, I think we probably ought to not do that. No full-throated support of law enforcement or condemnation of the rioters. And, uh, you know, if he if he picks Keisha Lance Bottoms, he can uh, wave bye-bye to anybody who he thought he might be able to fool uh, on supporting law and order. He's already been drugged so far left. He couldn't do that anyway. One of the other candidates remaining is Kamala Harris, who is uh, attacking Donald Trump for his executive order um, on law enforcement. He's going to tie best practices to federal grants. You can't do that for sanctuary cities, but apparently you can for law enforcement. Kamala took to her Twitter account and said, Trump's policies on his executive order on policing is meaningless. Since day one, he's used racially charged rhetoric all while rolling back efforts to root out racism in policing and virtually abandoning police misconduct investigations. We need real reforms. Now, this coming from a woman who had convictions overturned while she was the California attorney general. 
because she actually was caught framing suspects, withholding evidence, lying in the courtroom. And of course, she's got her own Joe Biden problem when it comes to law enforcement because she put a, a, a lot of low-level uh, drug offense violators in jail, most of them black. And so the Black Lives Matter movement, who you must bow to, you must kneel to, is not going to be happy with uh, Kamala Harris even a little bit. So then one of his other uh, possibilities is uh, Val Demings, former police chief, now a U.S. representative, but former police chief of Orlando, Florida. Well, Black Lives Matter is not going to stand for that. So, you know, Focahontas is, uh, is got sort of got the inside track. She's not actually Indian. She's definitely not black. So if they pick Focahontas, that will satisfy, uh, you know, some of the more moderate Bernie bro Marxists, if you can use that term moderate Marxist, but it's, uh, it's definitely going to alienate his, uh, his black constituencies. I think the president, uh, Trump is going to get a record number of black votes in this election for a Republican candidate. This, um, Hispanic, uh, governor of New Mexico. I can't remember her name. It's Sanchez or something to that effect. Whiter than me, but you know, she, she may be a, a bone he could throw, uh, the actual Hispanic, vote in this country is now uh, or the proportion of black population in this country is now larger than the black population and while we're on the subject of New Mexico uh, I think it was Tuesday at one of these uh, these events where the Marxists gather in the streets and tried to destroy and deface monuments to our past a group um, calling itself the Citizens Militia uh, showed up to, uh, to try to protect public property after the uh, spineless mayor of Albuquerque withdrew all police protection and just left the uh, public, public's property, uh, property at the whim of the mob. And during this, uh, this effort to take down a statue of uh, conquistadors, all of them Hispanic as well, by the way, um, a, a violence broke out where one of the protesters, I don't think he was actually a, a member of the militia, but he was there to try to protect the, uh, the statue, the public's property that had been left unprotected by the, uh, the mayor of the city. He, uh, he was set upon, uh, cracked in the head with a skateboard and, uh, he pulled a concealed weapon as he pulled the concealed weapon. He began retreating down the street, holding his hand up for the attackers, the, the left-wing Marxists, to, to uh, back off. He's backing up. He's got his weapon pointed at the ground, and he's retreating. But they gave chase, and he turned to run. Uh, when he did, they grabbed him, drug him to the ground, began assaulting him. He regained his feet just in time for uh, one of these Antifa thugs with a face mask on to, to pick up a skateboard and crack him in the head, at which point 
The man defended his life by uh, shooting the attacker twice. He too was arrested because you see in this modern Marxist world that we live in, you're not allowed to defend yourself. You're required to take a beating. Even if that beating is liable to leave you unconscious and your attackers with access to your weapon. He was immediately arrested and, uh, and the governor of New Mexico and the mayor of Albuquerque immediately came out and tried to spin this as if he caused the violence. Absolutely disgraceful. I, I, I'm sure you've probably seen the videos of this. I can't, uh, I can't play them, but when, when they were chasing this guy and assaulting him, they were actually screaming, we're going to kill you. There has never been a more justified case of self-defense that I've ever seen. The guy actually should have been more aggressive because he allowed them to get their hands on him, drag him to the ground, try to disarm him and assault him. He could have very easily ended up on the ground unconscious, at which point they may have been in a position to, uh, to carry out their stated intentions of we're going to kill you. Again, nobody's in charge. Nobody's defending the public property. Nobody is pushing back on the riots. So the Black Lives Matter movement and the defund the police. Somebody asked uh, Ilhan Omar, I think it was Jake Tapper on CNN, if we don't have police and we, if we defund the police, and if we undermine the police... Who is going to protect us? You listen to Ilhan Omar and tell me if you can find an answer in this word salad she puts together. Safety should look like. So let's talk about that um, because you've talked about the dismantling, the need to dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. What takes its place? Uh, in if you could just decree what takes its place, who investigates crimes? Who arrests criminals? What 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 happens? You can ask the citizens of Atlanta uh, from last night what what happens. Yeah, so Minneapolis unanimously just voted on a resolution that will engage uh, the community uh, on a one-year process of what happens as we go through the process of dismantling the department and starting anew. A new way forward can't... Okay, that wasn't actually an answer to the question. Maybe she'll get to it now be uh, put in place if we have a department that is having a crisis of credibility, if we have a department that's led by a chief who's suited for racism, if we have a department that hasn't um, solved homicide, half of the homicides in Minneapolis Police Department go unsolved. So she's definitely sure that she doesn't want the Minneapolis Police Department. I wonder if she's going to get to the point of what she does want to replace it have been cases where they've destroyed rape kits. Uh, and so you can't really reform um, a department that that is rotten. To- rotten. It's rotten. It's a rotten department. She never does. This, this clip goes on for another minute. She never gives any indication whatsoever of what she would replace the police department with. Here's her fellow squad member, probably the leader of the squad, AOC, who is a, one of Joe Biden's uh, top advisors and really the thought leader in the Democrat Party, 
who's asked a very similar question by George Stephanopoulos. Well, why is it necessary to take the money from the police? I mean, I understand your argument, the argument you're making about expanding social services, investing in social services, but the research does show that more police on the street means less crime. Well, I think there's uh, one question that, that is interesting here is that um, when it comes to funds, it's not always just about the number of officers in the street. It's about these police precincts that have tanks, that have military weaponry and frankly have a degree of um, that have a degree of 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 material resources and war-like, um, war-like weaponry that people ask, why does a, a local police precinct have this in the first place? She never gets around to answering the question either. What's going to happen with the increased crime that's caused by your efforts to defund the police? They didn't spend any money on that, uh, that surplus military weapon. That was granted to them by the Department of Defense. I kind of agree uh, that our Police uh, departments have become too militarized that uh, that that ought to be a state function if uh, if and when that's necessary. But none of these uh, these people that are screaming to defund the police can tell you what is going to be the result because everybody actually knows what's going to be the result. Even old Tupac Shakur, who himself died in a violent gun battle with his, uh, his rap culture, knew that this was foolishness. The thing for us to remember is that the same crime element that white people are scared of, black people are scared of. The same crime element that white people fear, we fear. So we defend ourselves from the same crime element that they scared of. You know what I'm saying? While they waiting for, to, for legislation to pass and everything, we next door to the killer. We next door to him, you know, because we up in the projects where it's 80 in the building. All them killers that they letting out, they right there in that building. But it's better just because we black, we get along with the killers or something. We get along with the rapists because we black and we from the same hood. What is that? We need protection too. Now that's the argument that I heard hundreds and hundreds of times when I was attending neighborhood meetings in Atlanta. All of the neighborhood was calling for more police, more aggressive police. Now they spin on their heels and they uh, they do nothing but attack the police. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. Attention homeowners that have ever had a broken appliance. <laughs> That's a joke, right? We've all had broken appliances. I own a home just like you and have found a way for as little as a dollar a day to have all the major appliances in my home on a warranty plan. They're guaranteed to be fixed or replaced. You know how expensive an air conditioner, a heating system, a washing machine, dryer, water heater, or refrigerator can be. For about a dollar a day, all your major appliances are protected in case they break. Unless you're uh, Daddy Warbucks or the Monopoly guy and you don't care about money, call my friends at the Home Service Club now and get a warranty on your major appliances. It's a free call, and the first month is free. But be one of the first 25 people to call within the next 10 minutes. 800-255-4940. That's 800-255-4940. If you have thyroid eye disease and your eyes feel like they're getting kicked in the backside, 
it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. Mojo. Well, all the adults in position of powers have retreated and uh, crawled under their desk, and now the inmates are running the asylum, both in the streets, in the uh, governor's mansions and city halls all across this country. They're hiding for fear of being called racist and and, uh, being subjected to this cancel culture. And as far left as the media in this country is, the the big newspapers, especially New York Times, Washington Post, L.A. Times, Chicago Tribune, Philadelphia Inquirer, they're not committed to the Marxist cause sufficiently for these uh, indoctrinated 20-somethings that have uh, taken hold in their newsrooms. And of course, you know, last week, uh, a New York Times opinion page editor was forced to resign because he published a uh, an opinion by a sitting U.S. Senator, Tom Cotton, saying that uh, the Insurrection Act ought to be invoked to stop the violence in the streets. The the uh, over the Philadelphia Inquirer, a editor of the architectural page was fired because he complained about the destruction of historic buildings and and monuments in the city. Out in Los Angeles, the uh, executive director of the Los Angeles Times named Norm or Noam Perlstein had to uh, basically do a preemptive um, capitulation because they started complaining that he wasn't committed early enough. So he promptly took uh, to PBS and, uh, and said this ridiculous statement. One of the active debates we had over the past week was about the use of the word looting to describe the destruction of property uh, and the very much the feeling among the uh, black journalists at the Los Angeles Times who frankly educated the rest of us to the fact that uh, looting had a pejorative racist connotation and that uh, comparing it to the kind of behavior of the police and uh, the kind of behavior that we witnessed uh, really was a false equivalency and yet it was one that we were making as journalists if you picked up a copy of our paper. So Noam Perlstein has now been educated by the Marxists in his newsroom that the term looting is racist. Why would the term looting be racist? And why, why wouldn't the term be pejorative? Of course it's pejorative. It is lawlessness. But he says it can't be compared with the actions of the officers trying to enforce the law. I mean, we, we are living in an upside-down, topsy-turvy, rabbit-hole world. Here is that very same Noam Perlstein saying that uh, as a result of this Marxist education that he's received, he thinks he's better for it. I think there is some uh, parallel to uh, during the Vietnam period when journalists like David Halberstam uh, were certainly... 
um, letting their opinions into their journalism, and I think it was for the better. Uh, it's better that we tell you what to think in our, in our news stories. Don't bother going to the opinion pages. Why do they even have opinion pages? If you can just get the opinions from these 20-something know-nothings that are writing the news stories. And, of course, nowhere has cancel culture been more uh, on the march than in our universities. Over at Oklahoma State University, probably one of the most conservative states in the United States, their head football coach, Mike Gundy, has had to grovel and apologize because he was caught in a picture on a fishing trip wearing a One America News OAN t-shirt. And this next clip is going to be a just uh, exhibit A on what a spineless invertebrate does when he's faced by the mob. I had a great meeting with our team today. Our players expressed their feelings as individuals and as team members. They helped me see through their eyes how the T-shirt affected their hearts. The T-shirt affected their hearts, and they helped me see it. Once I learned how that network felt about Black Lives Matter, I was disgusted and knew it was completely unacceptable to me. I want to apologize to all members of our team, former players, and their families for the pain and discomfort that has been caused over the last two days. The pain and discomfort from me wearing an OAN t-shirt. Please, please don't fire me. Please, please. You wonder what the alumni that fund these football programs are thinking about this. This guy doesn't even have the spine to stand up to the mob for wearing a t-shirt and OAN is uh, you know, it's an up and coming conservative news outlet. If you're not subscribed, it's only five bucks a month and it is definitely worth supporting this alternative. If, if Fox is allowed to have um, the entire conservative market, well, they can just continue to move closer and closer to CNN and MSNBC as we have seen them do in the daytime hours. And they're, they're, they will face no a competition for those viewers. And One American News Network has been under assault ever since it started. First, because it was just reporting straight news without any spin. They still do that in their daytime hours. But in the evening, they have Liz Wheeler and uh, um, Ledger. Uh, I can't remember his first name. And uh, they are absolutely devastating. Great a great watch instead of watching Hannity, you could, uh, watch, um, the ledger report. I think it's called here is a clip I've got of, uh, one American, a report from one American news on, on how they are being attacked by the mainstream media. The mainstream media is on the attack once again, calling out One American News for reporting on the protests in Buffalo. However, as OAN's Pearson Sharp reports, One American News is challenging the media to back up their accusations. Take a listen. One American News is no stranger to attacks from the media. And it's not really surprising considering we consistently focus on just the facts instead of trying to stir up emotions and push left-wing propaganda. 
And now, once again, OAN is the target of the radical left media, and once again, it's for reporting the facts. This time, over Martin Gugino and the protests in Buffalo, New York last week. Countless media outlets are coming after One American News after we ran a story questioning Martin Gugino's motives at the rally, where he was knocked down after aggressively confronting police. And then, when the President of the United States watched our report and asked the same questions, the leftists in the media suddenly lost their minds. They called us conspiracy theorists and said we were unhinged, ran full-page articles about us, attacking OAN and denouncing our reports from every angle they could, except the facts of our report. Well, it's easy to try and discredit OAN by saying... Everything they said during that report was true. This was uh, a guy who was a professional agitator who uh, prided himself on the number of times he had been arrested. He approached the police officers and attempted to scan their radio, their radios, so that he could uh, intercept their traffic. And he was given a slight little push, at which point he uh, he launched into an Oscar-winning uh, fall where he stumbled backwards and hit his head. He is now, you know, lawyered up, and he's going to uh, to go after the media. But the media doesn't want you to know you know, what actually happened there because it interferes in their storyline that a poor elderly man was violently assaulted by Buffalo riot cops. Let me tell you, if you're 75 years old, you ought not to uh, be challenging riot cops in the streets trying to prevent them from moving forward and trying to capture um, their communications. If you do, you might get pushed a little bit. And if you can't maintain your balance, you ought not to have put yourself in that position to begin with. So we're almost out of time. I want to play a clip real quick before I go about our monuments from Tom Cotton. But it's not just in Seattle. Look at what's happening to statues and monuments all around our country. In several cities... Statues to Christopher Columbus have been pulled down where they've been defaced or destroyed. Statues that in most cases were put up by Italian-American immigrants who were proud of their part in the great American story. This was not done in accordance with law. It was not done after thoughtful debate in city councils or state legislatures. It was done by mobs. Mobs who represent a slight, slight majority of people. Most people don't want these monuments tore down. Of course, they're attacking Jefferson and Washington monuments now, too. Uh, Even a Benjamin Franklin monument was defaced. Just last week, the Lincoln Memorial, a temple to the great emancipator, was defaced. The World War II Memorial, a memorial to those who fought and liberated the world from fascism, was defaced. Now, across the Atlantic, the ideological kin of this Jacobin mob defaced statues of Churchill. Wait until they hear about what the other guy did on the other side. There is going to be no end to it. They call you fascists. They call you a Nazi. But it's them, the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter movement, that are engaged in actual fascist behavior, brown shirt behavior. 
that takes us to the end of this edition. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. I hope you'll join us then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.